0: It's the boy bubble let's coming through ever clutch flawless can't be touch. It's your boy let's Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubble Lutz Sports Podcast. It is episode two oh six. Today we are previewing the four divisional weekend matchups in the NFL we got four more games to go this week, two more next week, and then we get to the Super Bowl. Doesn't it feel like just yesterday, it was the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football to start the season, and a wild 2020 regular season. We're now into 2021, playoffs are here, and I'm really excited for these matchups. I can't wait to just chill on the couch and, and watch these games, but guys, I'm here to preview and give you my predictions on each of these football games. Start from Saturday, go on to Sunday. Don't want to make this too long. I got somewhere to be. I got pl- I got places to be. I got things to do. I got to watch some football. I'm gonna go see the high school football state championships, and I- I'm I'm really excited. Cowboy Stadium. Oh uh, Jerry, you keep taking my money. But um, let's uh let's start it off with the first matchup of the weekend. Rams versus Packers, look, this is the most disinterested I've ever felt in a playoff game in a really long time. Even the Chicago Bears gave me a sense of hope that they would beat the Saints. Not this time around if you're the Rams. I said it last week. Whoever came out of the Seahawks and the Rams, it really wouldn't matter because to me, none of those teams could match up against Green Bay and how they're playing good football right now. Would have been nice to see the Seahawks get their rematch against the Packers after that controversial ending to last year's uh, playoff matchup? Yeah, I think that would have been nice to see. Maybe a a nice storyline to build off of, of the Seahawks trying to get revenge on the Packers or never getting past the Packers. I thought the Rams were a more dangerous team out of the two. I'm not... You guys know this. Look, I think that the Seahawks are a good football team, but they're very deceiving. It's the same thing I feel with the Steelers. Every year they come in with a competitive nature and culture to them, but at the end of the day, they just don't match up well because they are not complete teams. With the Steelers, it's like there's something mentally or... Coaching wise, that just doesn't make sense. That doesn't get them over the hump. They have plenty of talent. They are the cake that looks good from afar. And then you taste the cake, and you're like, that's why I don't have cake every day. For the Seahawks, we know what the problem is and they never figure it out. They just got rid of their offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. Yet here we are. And the issue through many of these years has been they don't have an offensive line. Russell Wilson can not do everything well guess what that's what happens when you lose the battle up front to the Rams who have a great defensive line and a great offensive line you're going to lose that battle up front so that's why I think the Rams were deserving of winning this football game against the Seahawks last week they deserve a spot in here they are a playoff team but let's be honest guys we don't care about the Rams right like we, we look at this game we're like how many points can the Packers put up against a really good defense and how many points can Jared Goff get off a broken right thumb right thumb that just got surgery? Do I want to see Blake Bortles come in at some point? Absolutely. Because I think that is funny. Might as well put on Nickelodeon. Look, the Rams are four and four on the road while the Packers are seven and one at home. The only time really that the Rams have to deal with bad weather or just uncomfortable weather was against seattle in one of the divisional games other than that they've been used to the air-conditioned new sofi stadium in la they've been used to nice weather in miami or in tampa like they are not familiar with the cold that is going to be lambeau field we saw what happened with the tennessee Titans. they're not used to that weather and they mentally Could not comprehend how to deal with that weather while the Green Bay Packers are so adjusted to that. They have different cleats. They just run different plays and a different playbook that fits more to receivers that are used to that cold and used to the actual field itself and traction. So Devontae Adams is of course going to have a nice day when he knows that he needs different cleats. The Rams just don't know that yet. And they're 500 on the road. That's not exciting to see when the Packers are just that damn good at home. They're going to probably have a few fans, I would assume. I don't know if they're if that's for sure or not. Um, but I would assume for a divisional game, kind of like Buffalo did, they're going to have, I don't know, 6,000 people there. But I don't know. I, I think any advantage as far as fans go would help the Packers. But it's Lambeau Field. They already have that home field advantage, which is really non-existent for a lot of other teams in the NFL. So I think up front, that is a red flag for the Rams. Then we look at the injury report. Aaron Donald, good to go with a rib injury. He's been banged up as of late, and you saw it in last week's matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. David Edwards, their left guard, out on the left side, and uh, Joe Noteboom will most likely start. Now, he is questionable. I should have put questionable instead of out, but um, Joe Noteboom is probably more favorable to start due to the injury. And you got to think about that. That left side of the offensive line, who has been the cornerstone of the Rams' success this season, is really banged up right now. Joe's going to have to come in for Edwards. And then Andrew Whitworth was on the injury report list this week, and he's most likely going to play. I I mean, I I wouldn't expect anything different out of Whitworth, who's one of the most amazing guys on an offensive line, kind of like a Joe Thomas for many years. But he's going to start. He is still banged up, though. So you got to think, if you're one of the Smith brothers, Darius or Preston, and you want to take advantage of a, a banged-up offensive line that is the reason why the Rams are so successful, well, this is the time to do it. Like Preston and Zadarius aren't having the same season they did last year, but they are still very tenacious and very aggressive when it comes to rushing the quarterback. And if you can get to the quarterback, it's going to be a long day for Jared Goff or Blake Bortles, for that matter. And you got to think that with these injuries... How does that affect the running game for the Rams? I mean, Cam Akers had himself a great day last week in Seattle, and he's had a great season for for a rookie that had to take over for Todd Gurley. This guy is an amazing talent at the running back position. I don't think he was the best running back to come out of college, but I definitely think he's top three, top four, and he's played like it. So Cam Akers, his success is based on that offensive line. He's a great running back, but if you don't have that offensive line, the Rams struggle you saw it last year you saw it in many of their losses this season to where if that offensive line is not playing well it's gonna be a long day for this offense and then you got to think as well cooper cup is questionable in this game do i expect him to play probably and they have plenty of weapons to choose from on that offense but it's all based on that offensive line i keep going back to that because that offensive line is what makes the rams a playoff contender and without a healthy offensive line andrew whitworth David Edwards, I expect the Green Bay defense, who is underrated by the way in my opinion, it allows them to pressure and be aggressive, knowing that their secondary can go one on one against a lot of these receivers who, the secondary by the way, not given enough credit around the league, Jair Alexander is a top 5 corner in the league, but I'm looking at other guys like Darnell Savage and Kevin King, these guys are pretty good. No matter what you say, they are pretty good as a unit. So that allows that defensive front to rush more than expected. And if you can do that successfully, look, like, man, I don't think the Rams stand a chance in this game. Now, there is an interesting piece to look at on the Packers offensive side. They will be without David Bakhtiari for the first time this season. He is out for the rest of the year. And then, I was just reading about it, Jared uh, here, who was on the Indianapolis Colts, for the bills game last week he got on the practice squad and started in that game that offensive line played really well he is off the practice squad and apparently that's legal to to just join another playoff team it was going to be the first time in nfl history that any guy played on two separate playoff teams in one postseason but thanks to covid he he tested positive he will not start for David Bakhtiari. So that leaves Rick Wagner with seven years of experience in the league to start at right tackle. I think the Green Bay Packers are one of those teams that they'll just plug in anybody and it'll work. Matt LaFleur has done a really good job of no matter what injuries occur on this offense, they just continue to roll and continue to strive offensively. So I don't see this as a huge downgrade or a concerning thing for the green bay packers but it's just a a side note to look into if they do end up getting a lot of pressures on that that right side um once we get past the injuries i'm looking at the rams schedule and i'm saying that they've only faced one prolific offense in the regular season that was week three against buffalo which they got trounced so other than that they've been the bad teams they've been everyone in the nfc east and Maybe their quality win against the Buccaneers could be the only other game that you can consider. But that was a much different Buccaneers team, and it was still pretty close. It was a bad football game for both teams. So going against the Green Bay Packers, who are definitely the most prolific offense in football, how do you match up against that? When you have a banged-up Aaron Donald and they have a really good offensive line, do... I I like to see Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. I think I'm really excited for that. I think we all are. But I don't think that matters when we can see Robert Tunyon probably go for another two or three touchdowns in this game. It's the other matchups that really are important. Alan Lazard, if he does play in this game. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who has made himself a deep threat in this offense for sure. Robert Tunyon, like I said. Mercedes Lewis. If he gets involved in the red zone and of course the backfield for the Packers, which is consisted of, I mean, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, all these guys can get involved and especially how A.J. Dillon played in the Tennessee game on Sunday night in that snow, depending on what the weather circumstances are in this game, I wouldn't mind him going against Aaron Donald one-on-one. That'd be really nice to see. And like I said before, Blake Borders is going to be the backup for this game instead of John Wolford. He's still dealing with that neck injury. I think the, the road has come to an end for the Rams and they're just going to get outclassed and outmatched by, by the Green Bay Packers. So I think out of all the games this week, this is probably going to be the least entertaining one out of any uh, playoff matchup. So let's move on to the other Saturday matchup, which is the Ravens versus the Bills. Super Super excited for this one. Now, the injury report is telling of a lot of things that could happen wrong for the, the Baltimore Ravens. Marcus Peters is questionable for this game. DJ Fluker is questionable for this game. Calais Campbell has no status for his Thursday practice, and I don't know about today on Friday, but that's concerning as well. There's no real indication of why he he's on the injured uh, injury report. Same for Mark Ingram, same for Derek Wolf, who didn't participate in practice yesterday. These are very... Very important guys for the Baltimore Ravens. And especially if Marcus Peters does not play in this game, he'll probably play through a lot of his uh, his pain and his injuries because that is crucial for the Baltimore Ravens to to take care of Stephon Diggs, who is having a career year. Now for the Buffalo Bills, the only one that is concerning on the injury report is Cole Beasley. And you got to think, Cole Beasley is having a career year as well. He's found that really nice relationship with Josh Allen. And he's a limited participant with a knee injury. Has been banged up in the last few weeks. You saw it in the Patriots game. You saw it last week against the Colts. So I think if Marcus Peters does play in this game and you have that matchup with Peters and um, and Stephon Diggs, well, I think it's more important what Cole Beasley does in the slot and with that second matchup, most likely with Marlon Humphrey if he does end up playing in the slot. That's a huge go-to target for Josh Allen and if Cole Beasley's not there, then you're kind of forcing the ball to Stefan Diggs, who can most likely make a play, but you don't want to take that risk against Marcus Peters and that good secondary. And so I'm kind of left with the injuries are important, but ultimately what comes down to the Buffalo Bills or the Ravens winning this football game is whether or not Lamar Jackson can continue that running game with J.K. Dobbins, or if he has to throw down the field and make some crucial throws. Look. Same thing with the Green Bay Packers. I think the Buffalo Bills secondary is phenomenal to where they can match up one-on-one against a lackluster wide receiver core in Baltimore. So if you're talking about guys like Tredavious White who has to go against, I don't know, Hollywood Brown or Willie Sneed, well, I'm taking White all day long because that's a mismatch of a guy that Hollywood Brown hasn't been playing well as he entered the league. Willie Snead's always a a nice target to go to, but he can't take over a game. Mark Andrews is the only one you really have to worry about in the passing game because he's very consistent. But when we look at this Baltimore Ravens team, how often do they rely on the passing game? Well, they never really do. You got the favorable matchup last week against Tennessee where you can run it all over them because their defense could not handle that. I think the Buffalo Bills, who are a average defense where they bend don't break they actually give up um a lot of the same yards that like the Browns do the Chiefs do it's it's not perfect it's not bad it's kind of just in between now have they ever faced someone like the Ravens with that running game this season no not really but if I'm going one-on-one with Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews then that allows me to put more guys in the box allow me to contain and not allow Lamar Jackson to find the outside or find an opening down the field. If you're going to get beaten by Lamar Jackson, let it be in the passing game. If he throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns because he's throwing dimes to Mark Andrews or Hollywood Brown, you know what, Bills? You had a good game plan, and no one really has seen Lamar Jackson throw the ball like that in his career. So if you lose that, Then we all know that lamar jackson's legit and that proves to me that he is a legitimate quarterback in the nfl if they win because of the running game that's where i feel like it falls on the bills for not having a good game plan it's lamar jackson i get it he's not someone that you can just shut down completely but if we can stop them to i don't know 100 150 yards rushing as as a combined unit and you just pummel him. You make it physical to where every time he leaves the, the pocket and goes past the line of scrimmage, and he is now a rusher. Well, you better make it known that you will not allow that to happen all day long. And then you start to see the frustration of Lamar Jackson. This is the game that I need to see Lamar Jackson thrive in. These are the games that he struggled in in the past, whether it's against the Patriots, the the Chiefs, or any other great AFC matchup he seems to struggle and f- be frustrated in those moments because it's not comfortable to him he's not really doing what he does and if the Buffalo Bills can do that well then let's just make it a fun matchup and let's just run some offense look the Buffalo Bills offense can score a lot of points in this game even against a really good Baltimore Ravens defense but I don't want to rely on that factor because I feel like Like they relied on that last week where they thought they were just going to score points all day against a good Colts defense. That wasn't the case. It was a 27-24 win squeezing by Phillip Rivers and the Colts. So this week, it's up to the defense to contain, not shut down Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins. Force him to throw down the field because based on my gut, I know that Lamar Jackson has the arm to do it. I don't think he trusts it yet. I don't think he knows the capabilities of his arm yet, and based on that interception last week against the uh, Tennessee Titans, that was a really bad throw. He got more comfortable, he settled down, and he went back to his roots, which is running the football, and play action off of that, if he does throw down the field. But I feel like if the Buffalo Bills can contain that, then it'll be a close matchup no matter what. I think these are two very good football teams, but Buffalo's just going to be too much to handle. If you are the Baltimore Ravens, if you don't end up scoring more than 30 now for Buffalo side on the offense, with the fact that if Marcus Peters in the secondary can do work with your receivers, these running backs are important. been saying it, man, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have to perform at a high level. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to run for 150, 200 yards on the ground. I know it's Calais Campbell who m- may play in this game. And Derek Wolf, Yannick Ngakwe, who have been, been playing better as of late. This defense has been playing really well over the last two months. So, what I saw last week against the Colts was a running back core that not only did it in the running game, they got over 100 yards rushing, they also got involved in the passing game, You know, finding those little wheel routes and out routes. For Josh Allen, but they also did a tremendous job of blocking, which set up a lot of great plays for Josh Allen and that offense. It's the same exact thing that needs to happen in this game. Look, if this offense wants to thrive, don't rely so heavily on Stefan Diggs. Go through your running backs, and if you can establish that, whether it's passing, whether it's rushing with your running backs, this will be a nice fluid day for this offense, and Josh Allen will feel a lot more comfortable in that pocket with the presence that now the defense has to worry about Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. If they can't get it going, if they are shut down completely, you're forcing on Josh Allen. And I feel like he's up for the task because of how good he played last week against the Colts. I just don't want to do that if I'm Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. Ultimately, what I see this game going down to is limiting lamar jackson on defense if you're the buffalo bills which i think they can do and force him to throw down the field maybe a few mistakes here and there by lamar jackson and i feel like this buffalo bills team can win with 31 35 on the board even if they give up a lot of touchdowns for lamar jackson even that instance i do feel like the buffalo bills who are the better team in my opinion out of these two they move on to the afc championship after being the baltimore ravens and we start the conversation of whether or not Lamar Jackson is truly a balanced quarterback or if he needs to work on it tremendously in the offseason. Then we move on to Sunday. Cleveland, Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs, David versus Goliath. No matter what happens, Cleveland, Browns fans, trust me, believe in me. You're a winner no matter what. You shut up. Well, technically, you didn't shut up Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster, but you shut out the... Pittsburgh Steelers out of the playoffs. They were a first round out. Thank God. Thank you, Cleveland. You did it with all the things going wrong for you. You had no head coach. You had your special teams coordinator literally do everything for you, even though Kevin Stefanski still had the influence. You didn't have one of your best offensive linemen. You didn't have one of your best corners. You made it happen still, and you scored 48 on those flaw- the, 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 the frauds of the Pittsburgh Steelers. No matter what happens in this Kansas City Chiefs game, you're a winner in my book. Now with that said, I don't think you're winning this football game. If you do, you know what? Biden Baker Mayfield jersey. I'm doing it. I he's my MVP. He will always be my MVP. Now let's not go back to when I said that it's time to give up on Baker That was a long time ago. I've reconsidered. I've you know, I was in cahoots with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a bad idea. Baker Mayfield is playing really good football right now. That offense is striving. And I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Ever since Odell Beckham Jr. went down, this offense has really come together nicely where you're not forcing the ball down the field to Odell. So if we're going forward, maybe Odell's not there. I'm okay with that if I'm the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski has done a phenomenal job with this offense, with this team. It has built a new culture. So no matter where you end up, after this season, whether it's beating the Chiefs, making it to the AFC Championship, making a Super Bowl, you, you never know, right? Or if you lose in a bad fashion in this game, I still, no matter what, think this is a win of a season for the Cleveland Browns. You made it this far. You won a playoff game. Not a lot of other teams can say that. So after the last few days, I was very on board with the fact that the Chiefs would just blow out this team. And now I'm just kind of looking at him like, you know what? A 10-point spread for the Chiefs? I, I I mean, if I'm a better, right? I'm taking Cleveland to cover the spread at plus 10. Something about it just gives me the idea that Cleveland's going to hang around a little bit more than you would assume. Like, like the Rams in the Packers game is going to be a blowout. But I do feel like in the first few drives, you might see the Packers feel a little rusty. You know, They got the week off, the Rams are still striving week in and week out, so the Packers may need a little bit of time to get a little comfortable, right? I get the sense of the Chiefs who didn't play week 17. You know, Aaron Rodgers and that, that team did play their starters in week 17. The Chiefs didn't. You know, it's, it's been a few weeks since they've really got the rust off, so maybe Cleveland, if they get up early a little bit in this game, the Chiefs are the comeback. You know team which we saw last yet last year in the playoffs cleveland can put up a few points on the board here and make it competitive going into the second half i think that's where you start to see this the the slow trickle effect of the chiefs being too damn good for the cleveland browns but i feel like cleveland can can stand a chance in this football game and at least cover the spread because you get back kevin stephanie you get back denzel ward joel joel uh petonio You get back your guys that you were missing due to COVID. And really the only concern for the Cleveland Browns is on that great offensive line. You don't have Jack Gonklin um, who is questionable in this game. We don't know if he's going to play or not, but he's the right tackle. And we just want to be weary because that dealt a lot of the issues for the Cleveland Browns over the last few years. And that's why Baker couldn't be successful because he had no edge protection. I do think they'll be fine no matter what, even if Jack doesn't play in this game. That that offensive line is just tremendous. And I I mean, I'm telling you, man, I said at the beginning of the year, Jedrick Wills was the best offensive lineman to come out of college. He's been a real factor on why this offensive line has done really well. They have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt, who are just so explosive and so many different dynamics in their playbook. And Jarvis Landry is just in love with this offense. He believes in it. Baker is not making the same mistakes, and he's only had one interception in the last, I'd say over month, like over the last month. He's only had one interception. That could be longer. I forgot the stat, but he's only had one interception, and that's key. I look at these defenses, and I'm saying, well, these defenses are actually pretty much the same. They've given up close to the same amount of total yards this entire season, and I think the... The Chiefs give up more yards rushing than the Browns do, but the Chiefs only give up 22 points per game while the Browns give up 26 points per game. Either way, I think it's pretty even for what their defenses can do. And Steve Spagnolo is a really good defensive coordinator. And going into last season's postseason, like the regular season for the Chiefs, their defense was alright. But it's really the postseason where you start to see a lot of these guys step up. I mean, Tyron Matthew just became an absolute monster. And that secondary played really well. You could I could see the same thing this year. Like, their defense hasn't been the best, but it hasn't been the worst. So, they can go into this, uh, this postseason, and I could see them stepping up again. Now, for the Browns, though, I mean, their defense is pretty much the same thing. They can create turnovers. You saw it last week against the Steelers. A lot of that had to do with Big Ben, but their defense is reliant on creating turnovers and i really think they can do that Clyde Edwards alaire is going to be questionable in this game with an angle and hip injury so a lot of that will fall on Le'Avion Bell who hasn't been that impressive in Kansas City Sammy Watkins will be out in this game so I get it Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are just monsters and you have to double team both of them Sammy Watkins being out helps you a little bit Clyde Edwards-Alaire being out helps you a little bit. So that defensive line for the Cleveland Browns can stop Le'Veon Bell to 40, 50 yards for the game. It's Patrick Mahomes, though. I think ultimately, if you give Patrick Mahomes the ability to win this football game or put it on his back, he's going to do that. Do I want to see the upset? 100%. I want to see the Browns go as far as they can. But I think the Chiefs are just too too good They will outclass, outmatch the Cleveland Browns. If Cleveland can make it close, I think that is the best win for Cleveland going forward because at the offseason, they're like, we kept up with those guys. So next year, we're going to be even better under a system that we've known for over a year now. We'll get a training camp. We'll get preseason. Kevin Stefanski is only going to get better as a head coach. It's it's not as bad as the Rams-Packers game, right? Like I'm still intrigued at watching this game but it's more of just what Cleveland can do against the better team in the Chiefs. So, ultimately, the Chiefs win, but I think Cleveland keeps it close. Last game, which is the most unpredictable game out of any game this weekend, is the Bucks versus Saints. We've seen it twice already, and I wrote down that the Saints have played two completely different Bucs teams in their two divisional matchups in the regular season. Well, now I think it's a third different team that you're going to see. The first matchup, which was Week 1, I mean, Bucks didn't know how to run their system yet. There was no preseason. There was really no training camp. And it was the first game you had Tom Brady and all those weapons come together. How, how were they going to know what was going to work, what wasn't going to work? So they had a lot to figure out. And the Saints, who have been established for the last few years, they know what they're doing. They know what their go-to is, which is Alvin Kamara and and Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, where they just got in that regular season or off season, excuse me, and their defense was good to get it done. Second matchup, it's a complete blowout by the Saints. At that point the Bucks are completely lost. It was either a forty four point Bucks team or a 6 point bucks team. They didn't know what they were. They didn't find their identity. And they still were struggling to find the Bruce Arians Tom Brady relationship that was right around the time when that Thursday night game with Chicago Bears where even Tom Brady didn't know it was fourth down. So that was a very inconsistent bucks team that was keeping it close with the Giants that were losing to the Rams like it was just a bad middle of the part season for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now you get the Tampa Bay Bucks that we expected to see throughout the season we wanted to see Tom Brady just wheeling and dealing down the field to Antonio Brown Chris Godwin Rob Gronkowski we're seeing the running game Leonard Fournette had himself a nice resurgence day last week against the Washington football team well Ronald Jones will be back for this game most likely even though he's on the injury report list I think he's expected to play so you're a full steam ahead right if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks, this is the best version of yourself against the best version of the Saints, really, but I do think there's some flaws for both teams. Now, what's most important in this game is going to be the pass rush for the Saints. Last week against Washington, it was up to Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen. Those four guys determined whether or not it was going to be a matchup. And even though Taylor Heineke, actually had a chance to win them the football game. Well, not win them, but tie the game in order to go to overtime. The Bucks did enough, right? They were just fine to get through Washington. I don't think you can just be just fine to get through New Orleans. And even though Washington's defensive line is better, in my opinion, than the defensive line for the Saints, this is still an opportunity for Cameron Jordan, for Trey Hendrickson, who is on the injury report list, to step up and make some plays. It is crucial that Cameron Jordan can get pressure some hurries on Tom Brady because without that, you allow the development down the field. You allow Antonio Brown to get to the second you know, or or to the the third wave of defenders past the cornerbacks, past the safeties, and you allow Tom Brady to get a nice, comfortable throw in the pocket, chuck it downfield that he can still do at 43 years old. God damn it, he's old. And the big plays happen. You don't want that to happen. That's exactly what Washington allowed that to happen. Guess what? They lose the football game because they couldn't get to the quarterback. Montez Sweat had a few sacks, but it wasn't crucial to the drives. It it was just a, oh yeah, here we go. Nothing developed down the field. It it was some coverage sacks. Do I think that coverage sacks could happen in this game? Well, I really like that secondary for the New Orleans Saints, but you can't rely on them. I've seen this secondary struggle. I've seen Marshawn Lattimore, who does really well against Mike Evans. I mean, he shut him down. But I'm looking at Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins. I've seen these guys that have to deal with Emmanuel Sanders or with Traquan Smith, or not with Tra- uh, Traquan Smith, um, with with um, Chris Godwin, with Scottie Miller, Rob Gronkowski. Maybe those matchups don't favor Malcolm and Janoris Jenkins as much. And then, like... I don't know. I I just think that there's something about Drew Brees that isn't 100% sold on me. If you can stop Alvin Kamara or even contain Kamara, that's where it's going to be a struggle for this New Orleans Saints team. I I don't know. I like there's so many storylines to this game. And that's why I'm so indecisive of who to pick in this game. And as we wrap it up, I'm just kind of going back and forth of like, well, the Saints have dominated the Bucks in both of the matchups this year. But like I said, this is a different Tampa Bay Bucks team. They're just more like high octane. They're more explosive. They really feel comfortable what they're allowed to do, especially with that great offensive line. But I do sense that like the Saints just have the Bucks number and it can happen a third time. I'm also looking at the fact that the Saints just have bad luck in the playoffs. you got You got to think, man, that this is a last resort effort for the New Orleans Saints. After this year, you're probably not going to see a lot of these guys come back. You have to make room for money. You have to pay a lot of these guys, and it just won't happen. You won't see Emmanuel Sanders in New Orleans next year. What if they get rid of Michael Thomas because of all the issues that happened this regular season? Or their offensive line, their defensive line, their they're secondary for all people. They're not going to be able to pay all these guys. They're close to $100 million down in the salary cap. I don't even know if they're going to have a roster to go with in week one. So this is their swan song. This is their last-ditch effort to make a Super Bowl team. Last year, though, they couldn't get done against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings few years before that they get the bad calls from the refs and they get the bad call against the Rams something about the playoffs just falls short for the New Orleans Saints and I get that sense and that feeling this weekend with the Bucks. this is I mean this is probably the last time we'll see Drew Brees versus Tom Brady Drew Brees is retiring after this year most likely but I don't know I, I don't I don't sense the same magic that I sense with Payne Manning and that Denver Broncos team right before he retired. Like he wasn't going to ride off in the sunset with the Super Bowl. No matter what though, I, I think Green Bay wins the NFC. Spoiler alert for next week. But I'm, I'm leaning toward the Bucks, But I'm also looking at a Bucks team that I've been saying all year long is so inconsistent and have only been really good as of late. Gun to my head, Martians have the death beam on Earth. Earth, I said Earth. Earth. I want Ega. Du- no, sorry, sorry. I will. I will take the Bucks thirty-three to twenty-seven. It's the only one that I'll give an actual score to. Bucks win thirty-three to twenty-seven. That's it. Can't I can't let go, of Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's my guy. All right, people. That's going to do it for the predictions and our preview for the divisional round matchups in the NFL. We'll come back on Monday to review the games itself. I'm going to be watching a lot of football this weekend and I'm so excited. I don't have to work for the next few weeks. I'm going to get it done though. I promise you new things are coming for the podcast. We're going to continue the grind with the NFL stuff. And even in the offseason, we're going to get to work on the NFL draft. So, Guys, I really appreciate all the love and support as of late. We're on 89 subscribers on YouTube. We're closing in on 2,000 listens across all platforms. I mean, we've we've made a good chunk of change lately. But uh, we're making some adjustments and some changes to some uh, to some things on the podcast. But continue support. Continue to share it with your friends and your family. I want to get to 100 subscribers as soon as possible. That's my goal. I've been wanting to set that goal for a long time but you know it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time on the Bubblehead Sports Podcast.